Blog Talk Radio. chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and I, for one, cannot believe that. I remember thinking back when I was a teenager and I would go, well, in 
1970, I'll be this old, and 1980, I'll be this old, and 1990, I'll be this old. Well, here it is, 2019, and I'm 67. I don't know where those years went. <laughs> I'll soon be attending my 50th high school reunion. I haven't been back to those that place in 50 years. So grab what you got. Today the best day of your life. No matter what trials or tribulations you're going through, make today the best day of your life. And with that, I want to welcome each and every one of you to the show. This is not my show. It's your show. You all, the listener, the guest, that keep coming back and keep saying, Yvonne, I want to come back on the show. I don't know why I mistreat them so bad. Not really. They love me. <laughs> So, but there's two ways, ladies and gentlemen. As you all know, we have a listening base of over 200,000 listeners in over 200 countries. Well, now we're up to 250,000. We have almost 137,000 listeners just on this show. On any given day, someone is downloading the shows, listening to the shows, passing the shows along, sharing the shows, sending me people. I have musicians, musical artists, indie artists who are winning awards like Country Music Artist of the Year, uh, Country Music Artist of the Year in magazines. I mean, it's phenomenal. I am just so proud. In fact, Cherish Lee, who has been on this show back during Christmas, wrote the theme song for Going uh, Going Home for Christmas, which was directed and produced by Blake Shelton. Cherish Lee is an independent country artist. Check her out. And with that being said, there's two ways to get on this show. One, come on as a guest, because we have lots of fun. Two, you can become a sponsor for the show, and I do not want to get rich off of anyone, so I only charge 10 bucks for 30 days. No matter how many shows I run, it's 10 bucks. If I run 10 shows or 30 shows, it's 10 bucks for 30 days. You're heard all over the world, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever it is, you're heard. Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com or contact me on my Facebook page. I'll tell you how it works. It's simple. And with that, I want to welcome Dirt Road Sunset. They were on the show back before Christmas. Their songs are available on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby, and all the proceeds, ladies and gentlemen, from these songs go to support breast cancer, children's hospital, disabled American veterans, and CERT, training of canine search and rescue and service dogs. These guys live in, I mean, the mountains of Pennsylvania. They've been friends for over 40 years. George, Sandy, Dave, and Ed, Dirt Road Sunset. Check them out. Now, those of you who know Traveler Pelton, she's been on this show. She will be on this show again next Wednesday night. She has just released her eighth book called The Importance of Family, and it came out at the end of December. It's Back, she is back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventure that her fans have come to expect. In book eight of the generations of the Oberlin Family Chronicles, Noah, Violet, Kai, Zanya, Jasmine, Scott, Gabriel, and Katrana and their families chase through the world, pitting their family resources, intellect, and espionage network against the Brotherhood. Erecting protective domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are labeled traitors and the military is sent to take them into custody. As the planet's plant life dies from the sickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlins are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems. When Micah and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call in to help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. 
As the family worldwide retreats to the domes, they wonder if they will hold through military bombardment. Will the Earth survive or has the destruction of the environment and the population plummet gone too far to recover? Will only the people of the domes make it to the next millennium? This book and all of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. All you have to do is type in J. Traveler Pelton. You will be taken to her page. Have a look and download some for yourself to enjoy in all those cold, dark, and long winter evenings when you just want to stay in. Also, leave a review. We as indie authors, we love reviews. Good, bad, and different. We just love to know that people care enough to read our work and comment on it, even if they hate it. You can also visit her on her webpage, travelerpelton.com. And y'all all might also remember Diane Moat. She's been with me since almost the beginning. The third book in her Sam Holden series has been released. And in Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, ladies and gentlemen, start with Dog Gone by Diane Moat. And that leads me up to tonight's guest who has been on this show before. And when she was on this show the first time, she had just released her first book. Now, this woman has gone writing crazy. Author Lark Griffin likes to bring her sense of adventures to her writing. Her first two novels are young adult. The last time I checked, I was still here, a coming-of-age story, and the starfish talisman, an old-fashioned ghost story. Dog on the Doorstep is Lark's collection of short stories and flash, flash fiction for the holiday season about hope and the love of pets. She is also a contributor to the short story anthology, Twelve Tales of Telling. Is that like 12 geese of land? I don't know. A modern twist yes, on the holiday. Aha! A am a modern-day twist on the holiday classic, Teardrops and Rest Stops, is the second novel, is the, is the first novel, I can't talk, Teardrops and Rest Stops is the second novel, and the first novel is Tear, Teardrops and Flip Flops, I don't know how that got twisted up, Teardrops and Flip Flops is the first novel, Teardrops and Rest Stops is the second novel, and it... um. A Lark likes I can't talk, Lark. Lark collects hobbies like people collect friends. When not writing and teaching, she is hiking, kayaking, scuba diving, camping, and enjoying life to the fullest with her family. She is married to a wonderful man. She has two sons, and she also shares her home with a precocious golden doodle named Maggie, who really believes that she is the queen of the house, and a tabby named Dickens. And Lark, I am so sorry my tongue got twisted, and I could not get your two novels out. We were talking about both of them and just whammo they just decided they were going to fight for front billing i don't know what happened no worries no worries it happens to me all the time it'll happen tonight (laughs) (laughs) so we just go with it just because we can so right now you work a full-time job and as a teacher how in the world have you been able to do all these wonderful things that you do? You scuba dive, you camp, you hike, you teach, 
and then the voices in your head won't shut up. How do you do this? Well, first of all, I have my husband and my my boys. Um, they're supportive and they get it. Um, my youngest is still at home. My oldest is is off and married, but um, they know. Like mom, mom's got to write. Um, and my husband's like, you know, I'll take care of stuff while you write. Um, I, I write a lot in in the front seat of the truck. Uh, we we don't stay home. We we're always on the go. And so sometimes we're traveling, I've got my laptop and I'm writing while my poor husband just keeps driving. Um, and, and everything else. I, I mean, I, the, I'm a Boy Scout leader and I'm committed to those boys and, and what we do and how we can you know, nurture, nurture them and help them become young men. Um, but, yeah, the voices in my head are there all the time. I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night and they're talking to me. But I just have to compartmentalize them. Like, okay, today is this and today is this. And I try to make time for writing as much as possible. And as, and to be honest, as a teacher, the blessed summers in between, like any professional development I'm doing, I'm writing and, and, and traveling and, and playing and, and all of that. But sadly, the teacher summers here in Florida get shorter and shorter. Yeah, same here. See, I can't figure out why this is happening, but we used to have three months. And that doesn't – we're starting – we started this year, I think, August, like, 11th? Or something. Oh my word! Like, yeah. Now we'll get out right at Memorial Day, but, but still, it's yeah. But I can't complain. I love my job. I do. You must. I tell you, yeah. I would. I would have loved to have had you for a teacher because I bet you are a fun teacher. Oh, thanks, thanks. I'll be honest. As January starts rolling around, I'm like, okay, I have 85 more days till summer. Not <laughs> teaching days. It's January. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> I've got so, that all figured out. <laughs> so let's let's just let's just jump right into this because I went back and I looked at at the at the books that that you have written, and the the last time you were on the show, you only ended two books, I think, maybe just the one. Yeah, I was I was getting ready to read these. I think the starfish talisman, it was done and it was probably being edited or I had just gotten it done and we were hitting release, I think for that. But yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's go back in time and let's, let's talk about, let's bring folks up to speed about the starfish mm-hmm. talisman, because that is just a, a good old fashioned ghost story that, that young adults will love. That was really fun to write. Um, I grew up with stories from my mom and my grandmother about things that they experienced or remembered. My, the, in the story, it talks about wolves under the dining room table. The, the main character um, is warned by the cook, who the cook is wonderful. And she keeps saying, be careful because of the wolves under the dining room table in this, in this house. Well, my mother used to see when she was a child wolves under her. She was terrified of them. Whoa. She could see their eyes. Um, the story basically is about a young lady whose mother has to go overseas to do a job, and so she's the, the young lady, Reagan, has to stay at her Aunt Willow's home in, on the coast of Maine, and she never remember meeting Willow. Willow is her dead father's sister. Um, they live in this ancient house, which it turns out is, is haunted, um, and, and the cook will tell you about that constantly, about, you know, be careful, don't go on the fourth floor, the fourth floor is locked, and there are, you know, don't ever open that door. 
well, Reagan doesn't believe in any of that stuff. And she tells them, this is ridiculous. There's no such thing. I don't believe in it. Well, at one point, something really bad happens to her under that dining room table, and she ends up bleeding. Um, and then there's a, 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 a young man she meets down on the coast, and while she's talking to him, she gets attacked by seagulls. And all these things start happening that, that don't make sense. So, and it's just, it was so much fun to, to write. It's just like, what else can I just make up? <laughs> <laughs> what else can I make happen to this young girl? Yeah, and it does. <laughs> it does. So now, and and also, also, you wrote the last time I checked, I was still here. And and before we went live, I I told you I went and I read the I think it was like the first part of the first chapter. And while it starts off kind of bullying and dark. There are life's lessons, and it it takes the reader in a completely different direction than the reader thinks it's going. And kind of gallops along. This book reminds me of a kind of a slow, lazy drift down a river. Um, it's it's introspective. This this girl has had it. Her mom has passed away. Her father is grieving, um, and has been grieving for years, by the way. Um, and and kind of not ignores her but forgets that this young lady needs support and she they move a lot and she's been teased at school to the point where she's had it so she uses her resources and buys herself a a greyhound bus ticket to go home to her nana who when her mom passed away her nana helped take care of her um and and help her get over that 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 grief as a child so she runs to nana and while she's there she just starts to discover who her mom was. She finds her mom's backpacking gear. And this is in the mountains of New Hampshire. And and she makes a friend, and the friends are nice. And she's a little hesitant about these nice kids. But she discovers that there are people who do nurture and who do care. And they taught her how to, to hike and how to backpack and how to, you know, find that space, which is what her mom used to do. And so she got all her mom's backpacking gear and, and started exploring the, the mountains of, of New Hampshire with her friends. The only thing is she tends to be a little impulsive, as we can tell, because she ran away in the first place, and she made some impulsive decisions because she was unhappy, upset with her dad, and in a typical teenager fashion kind of went stomping off into the woods, which wasn't a really good choice. Um, and then there's also another character in there, a young man, who – as a child, um, not as a young man, little brother was, was killed. And he felt that he should have saved his little brother, and he didn't. Um, and he's an Eagle Scout, and he feels that weight of responsibility because he's supposed to be protective. And so his demons are always there. And he tries to get rid of them by hiking, by getting out into the woods, which helps some, but you can't run away from your demons. I mean, you can't. You have to face them. Right. And, they they come together and in, in because of an, an event and and it kind of resolves itself. Although every one of my every one of my readers is like, wait, I want more, and I haven't written that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I'm done with those two, but but they want some more. Um, but it's that's like that's one of those sort of like slow summer meanders. She learns how to set up tents, and I mean, there's a lot if you don't know how to camp and backpack you can learn from this book because I, I pretty much share how to do that and how to cook and and stuff like that but it's, it was it was a fun that one I had to write that one was that one was like when I was a kid that's all I wanted to do was 
not that my parents would, I didn't want to run away from my parents, but I wanted to run away to the woods. I wanted to backpack the Appalachian Trail so badly. That was my dream. Well, and you did, part, you did do that, did you not? I, well, I haven't through hiked. I've only hiked tiny sections of it. Um, but, you know, one day, the knees are old, but I, we still, my husband and I still talk about it, although now we're talking about maybe doing part of the Camino de Santiago in Spain because it's a little more, <laughs> a little more civil, not, not so out in the Rocky, in the Rocky Mountain or, the, you know, the, the East Coast right. with the mountains and the rocks and yeah, but I still backpack. I take those Boy Scouts out, but not. We haven't done the long, long distances. My my body isn't. My body hasn't been able to do that lately. But we'll get there. I, we'll I get understand there. that. In fact, when my son was young, he was in in the Cub Scouts, mm-hmm. and we, and they also raced bicycles. So we did a lot of camping and and cooking over an open fire and. Mm-hmm. The mantra is, whatever I can cook in, in my oven and on my stove, I can cook over an open fire. Yep. I can cook biscuits, can. cook eggs, I can cook steaks, I can cook potatoes. Whatever I can yep. cook in my stove, I can cook over a fire. That's exactly right. And, in fact, in, in the one we'll get to talking about um, teardrops and, and flip-flops, Ruby, that's one of her things is she cooks when she's camping. So, but, let's, but, just, let's just go right to that one because – before, ladies and gentlemen, before the show went live, we were discussing teardrops and flip-flops, and I was reading the synopsis, and I had to read it twice because it was so funny and so true to life, and so this happens all the time that I had to read it again. So <laughs> tell us about Tell folks what people don't know what a teardrop is. It's not tears running down your cheeks, so it could be, but no, it's it actually, be, right? but it's actually something else. So tell the folks about teardrops and why you call it teardrops and flip flops. Okay, so a teardrop is teardrop trailer, um, and teardrop trailers came about many, 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 many years ago after the war when we had a surplus of um, aluminum because airplanes were being decommissioned. And people wanted to travel, but they, you know, didn't have a lot of money. So they built these little tiny trailers that are a teardrop shape. And now, you know, when I, when we first built ours, you didn't see them very often. But now you'll see these little teardrop trailers on the road a lot. Um, and so it's basically the idea of a teardrop is that like a hatchback, you lift it up, and it stays up, and that's your little roof. And your kitchen's in the back, so your kitchen's outside, and then the teardrop. You go in the side door, and you basically you crawl in, and it's just a bed. I mean, it is a capsule for sleeping. Um, and so I make a real quick story. When I was a little girl, my family camped two summers. My dad bought a camper for inside the, the truck bed, and we went out west and did the grand tour two years in a row. My family was not the, nurt- the sort of nurturing we did everything together kind of family. Mostly we did our own thing. Um, my parents were artists and they were always off being artists. But those two summers, we crammed ourselves into this little camper and went out west in the adventure. I never forgot it. And I wanted a camper, which probably started my whole, I want a backpack, I want to do all that. But I, I never got my camper. Um, and then I, I was married to another gentleman, um, and I, he didn't give me my camper. That's not why we got divorced, I swear. But... Um, <laughs> But but that didn't work out so well. So 
I, I just I found the most wonderful man and the luckiest woman in the world to have the man that I do. But um, we, we we backpack together and we, you know, we scuba and we kite. We do all these things. When I mentioned that I won a little trailer, a trailer, I wanted like a little Mickey Mouse trailer, and he was like, "No." I'm like, "Wait, what do you mean, no?" And he's <laughs> like, "We backpack. We're tough. We're adventuresome. We're we're extreme." I'm like, yeah, but I know, but a, tra- a trailer's cool, too. You know, we could go do this stuff with the trailer, and we don't have to worry about finding a hotel when we're traveling if we're not camping. No, 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 no. Well, his sister got a really big camper. It was a park model, and, and you know, they parked it for the whole summer. And we went out and visited, and he looked at me, and I looked at him, and he goes, you want this, don't you? And I said, no, I don't. I don't want anything that big. I want this little tiny trailer. Now, at the time, I didn't know what a teardrop was. So one night we're laying in bed, and he's looking at something, and he knows better, but he looked at me and he said, hey, what do you think of this? And he showed me on his, his iPad this little tiny teardrop trailer, and I looked at him, and I'm like, well, you can't stand up in it, can't go to the bathroom in it, all you can do is sleep in it, I'll take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he made the mistake of saying that we could build it. And one day the poor man came home from work, and there in the driveway was the parts for a frame to start on his making me a trailer. And so we did. So that started the teardrop. And, and we camped in it, and, we, and, and we've, we've had years of fun in it. So out of the blue, and I always imagine myself as a young adult author. That was my thing. I teach kids. I understand kids. YA was where I was going to go. But one day, out of the blue, I started this story about Ruby and and her desire for travel and adventure. But she's married to a man that she, she loves, and he adores her, but they don't share that adventure. And and she's okay with that, and they're married for a while. This isn't a young young couple. They're not old, but they've been married for some time. And something tragic happens, and... Ruby's got to reevaluate what her life is, but her husband gives her the greatest gift that he could give her, and that's the freedom to be who she is. Um, and, and, and it's not—it's not a spoiler. He passes away unexpectedly, right. but when he does, when she goes through some papers, she discovers that he had bought her a teardrop because he knew he was ill, and he gave her these. She didn't even know it. It got—you know—she got the you know, phone call to come pick up her trailer, and she's like. He did this. He loves me that much. And now she's on this journey to be who she always wanted to be. And he also told her to find love. Don't, you know, make sure you find love, too. In a letter, he told her this. Well, enters this dog. Um, there's a stray dog that starts hanging around at a campsite. And she discovers that this dog's name is George, which is her husband's name. And that adventure <laughs> goes on from there. There's a chance that he might be reincarnated, but we'll let the reader decide that. Um, so that's where this is all about. And it's my first um, adult. It's a romantic comedy. It's, it's, I try to make it as, as amusing as I can. You're going to cry. You're going to laugh. You're going to be, you're kidding me. And you're going to learn how to cook over a fire, um, basically. And that's, that's the adventure. Um, and then Teardrops and Rest Stops, which just went live today, um, and we're having the release party next Saturday, but it's the continuation from the first one of, of the continued adventures of, of Ruby and this dog. And, and he, this dog is very, um, 
he decides whether the, a, a gentleman is acceptable to see Ruby or not. And he does it in a very <laughs> terrier-like way. If you can imagine what dogs might do if he, they show their distaste of you. And he does. <laughs> and I love him and I want him. <laughs> we talked about that before the show, ladies and gentlemen. She has little Maggie, who is the the queen of the castle. But Maggie doesn't. She thinks she's too good to go hiking and camping and, and all that backpacking. So now Lark is wanting a dog that will do all those things because She's had male dogs if that's what they did. They reveled in it, apparently. They just loved it. And mm-hmm. now she's got Maggie, who just absolutely says, ah, no, I'm not getting off of my throne for you. <laughs> yeah, we took her We took her on her first, the first back, the first camping trip we took her on, just car camping. She, she was like, at first, like, this is fun. We're going to be outside. And then when it came time to go for a hike, she didn't. She laid down. <laughs> we and luckily, we had a harness on her, so we didn't hurt her, but we took her for a drag. I mean, she literally snowplowed leaves down the trail until she finally decided that she had to get up and walk. So then she, you know, she spent the night, and she was just devastated by it. So then we took her backpacking, and she she growled all night. She There was a, there was bear scat in the area, which freaked her out, um, and we were in the tent. We had a small backpacking tent, and in there, like we had a three-man tent. And if you know backpacking, those are most people would think small. they're too small for one. So yeah. it was uh, you know, at night. We quieted down. It was myself, our our youngest son, and my husband, all three in a row. And then Maggie was at our feet, laying, you know, long way. When I woke up in the morning, it was me, Maggie, my husband, and my poor son was at the bottom of the tent, laying long ways <laughs> where that dog was supposed to be. And she never slept. She was just a mess. So she she pretty much doesn't come with us so much anymore. All my other dogs, my Malamute, my my collie, God's best dog ever created, and my Labrador Retriever, they carried backpacks with my camera gear in it. But not not Maggie. She's not interested. She just wants to stay home on her throne and be waited on. Exactly, exactly. And pet, <laughs> please pet me. And if you want to read the adventure of of Go Maggie, ahead. the and the the book I did a, a release of short stories um, at Thanksgiving called Dog on the Doorstep, and the first couple of stories are are do- just they're about dogs and they're about dogs the relationship between people and dogs and the miracle of, of dogs, but then it segues also then into the story of how Maggie came to be, how we got her, and it was a very special way we got this dog, and then the subsequent learning that Maggie is a prima donna. So there's a whole <laughs> bunch of short stories about. About this special, special girl. <laughs> Gotta love Maggie. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author, Lark Griffin. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm having a ball. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk more about teardrops and flip-flops and teardrops and rest stops. So just stay tuned. We'll be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. 
Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron. But the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Lark Griffin. And we're talking about all kinds of things. As you all know, this show, it takes on its own life form because we don't do a script show, and I never know where it's going to wind up. Before we went on break, we were talking about uh, teardrops and rest stops and teardrops and flip-flops. Is there going to be a third in Ruby's Adventures? 
Uh, yes, I, that's the plan. I started writing it, um, and I'm still, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when it's going to be released. It, it's not galloping along quite as quickly as the other two because I'm adding, I'm bringing in some new characters so that, you know, we might branch off. Um, this whole series is called a Gone to the Dogs Camper Romance series, and so there's a chance that we these new characters might launch into something else too. But we, um, I will say that we, my husband and, and my youngest son and I went to New Orleans um, after Christmas this year. Never been, not someplace that we had ever thought we'd go, because um, it's not kind of our thing. But it was interesting. We had fun, and, and I think the next the next story they're going to end up there for a, a brief bit because there's some fun things that could happen. So. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. I'm going in two weeks. Really. Well, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, I'm not a city girl, uh, and it, it, there were there were a lot of people. <laughs> there yeah, there are a lot, lot of people, <laughs> and it's a city that never sleeps. No, no, it doesn't. Um, the architecture was just beautiful, and the food. And I'm not. I'm. A, I love cooking. I'm a foodie, and that I love feeding people, and I love cooking. But I'm kind of finicky. But boy, it was it was good, and we were mm-hmm. lucky. We, we drove down to Bayou Country, and the crawfish had started coming in, so we were Ooh. able to do a crawfish boil. Yeah. Did you yeah, Did you eat some fun. etouffee? I I my son ordered it, so I ate some of his, and it was it's, it was very good. Yeah, it's it's fact, extremely good. And in fact, I that's on the menu for this next week. I'm going to try to make it myself, and and beignets are are heavenly, and that's. Also, on <laughs> that might be the plan for tomorrow. Because <laughs> I love and, and, the, and the coffee, the 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 rich chicory coffee, the Louisiana coffee yes. will just ruin you for any other coffee. And that is a problem because we uh, we bought um, some of Cafe Du Monde's coffee and brought it home, and then I just I just had to order some more because it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Smooth and yeah, it was, yeah, I did kind of. Really <laughs> so I guess you'll be going back to New Orleans in the Big Easy sometime in the near future I, for research. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I did quite a bit while I was there because I knew that I was might want to head into this realm. But like I said, I I will be honest with you because I'm I'm much more comfortable in a campfire with a few friends in the wilderness, you know, than I am walking down Bourbon Street the weekend that the New Year's Eve is going to happen and the Sugar Bowl is going to happen. And I, yeah, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun. But, but see, you were, you were among friends because the Sugar Bowl involved the University of Georgia. I'm from Georgia. And if you don't find nicer folks than those, those Georgia fans, I'm going to tell you, they, they are a lot of fun. Well, everybody's having a good time. Oh, I got to see a bride dancing down the street with the band behind her and, and the music, oh, the music was, was really neat. Different than I expected, but, uh-huh. um, yeah, there was a young man leaning against a, a, a building, sitting on the sidewalk, playing some Simon and Garfunkel, and he was wonderful. He was so good. I know that's not like New Orleans jazz, but he was really good. <laughs> Well, because they, that's what the street musicians are better than sometimes the musicians that are in the clubs because the I, street, I that's that, how they yeah. make their money. Yeah. Is, yeah, that's is one thing street. I did see. Yep. 
that was fun and and the um just the just the sheer joy of people um and and, and you know I mean, it wasn't Mardi Gras, so it wasn't totally losing your inhibitions. Although I will, I will say, much to my 17-year-old son's like horror for a minute, was standing out, and there was a gentleman on the balcony holding beads up. And I looked at my son. He goes, Mom, don't you dare. And I walked over, because I had been watching. And the gentleman was tossing beads to those of us who are past that time that we should be flashing the world. And he would just give us beads regardless. So I walked under and I smiled at him and he threw me my beads without having me, you know, I didn't have to do anything to gain them. Much to my, much to my young teenage boy's delight. If you, if you think New Orleans is interesting, you should go make a journey down to Key West. I love Key West. I have been to Key West um, several times. I took the Boy Scouts there. Um, but, okay. Um, I, I, well, we were we were taking the boys to Sea Base, and they were going on a sailing adventure. But we were uh-huh. there a week, a day early, and I'm like, you boys have to a Cuban sandwich, b have conch fritters, c see the Sunset Festival, d see the fort and the iguanas. So we are going to Key West, and so we took them, and they had a blast. They had a blast. It's um, a, but, I love that city. I love that city more. I, I'm more comfortable there. I guess because I've, you know, been in the Keys a bunch and I, you know, I dove it, and so I, it's more comfortable for me. I camped there, and I, I feel, I feel more at home there than I did in in New Orleans. And I guess it's just because New Orleans is a big city. Key West well, is just fun. <laughs> but and and New Orleans is full of um, mystery and yes history and things that people don't speak about. Yeah, and there was, yeah, I, there was it, there's a feeling there that there's, there's mystery and in, in something. It's in the air. Oh yeah, yeah it's thick with it. And you and you're you know feeling, what go ahead with what? No, you'll, no, please you go. Please. Well, I was going to say you've got a dynamic of generations of um Spanish and French, Indian, and um, English that all intermarried and interbred. So you have all of those, and and the the, the slaves from Africa and the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and they all blended in this melting pot and created a culture that is absolutely amazing. And completely different than what you're used to. And so, yeah, yeah it, it, it's kind of culture shock, and it's that learning. Had I been able to spend more time there, and I think it rained a lot, so we were kind of not out as much as we wanted to, I think it would have, I would have been able to immerse myself and, and, and watch it more, but it was just so quick. And I will be honest, too, you know, we drove in, and we were talking to our son about, you know, when the hurricane came through and what the devastation there. And I was, like, looking, like, I think this is still – remains i mean look it's here and look what this has happened and look at the lives and, and my son of course was very small when that happened and he doesn't remember so we were showing him pictures of this is what these people had to deal with and this is you know and then of course the homeless and and it was uh-huh. it broke my heart it broke my heart although i will say this it was a really good life lesson for my my young son like because he was seeing things that he doesn't normally see and he's like mom sometimes just making the wrong choices can really make it really be detrimental. I'm like, yes. 
making those choices, but remember you are in charge of your destiny, so making a wrong choice doesn't mean that you can't change your course. Now, exactly. Then there's, there's, also, but, you know, there's also mental illness that people are dealing with and, and addiction, and I understand that. But for him to say, you know, let's make sure we make the right choices, don't go down a path that you can't walk back up easily. And so that was good for him. And and the ninth ward is never recovered. And I I think that's when we were driving in. I don't know if that's what we saw, but there was an area that I'm like, this never got fixed, you know. And I knew no, that, that was that the ninth was, ward. I'm not that yeah. naive. Yeah, I'm yeah, not that naive. Was the ninth I knew ward. that. Ah, oh, gotcha. I don't know. It was heartbreaking. We have a we have a we have a caller that called in to talk with us. Hello, caller. How are oh. you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Did you have a question for Lark? I did, yeah. Okay. Okay. I I was just boy. Jewish. Well, we lost. I'm sorry. Him. We oh, okay. lost him. His his call dropped. Maybe he'll call back in. I don't know what happened. But okay. the the um that city is so drenched. In history, you do know that Jean Lafitte, who was a pirate who sailed in and out of New Orleans with his bounty, was the reason that the Battle of New Orleans was won by Andrew Jackson. Oh, yes. I I, I had read something, but I didn't get enough of it. I didn't know that. I knew he was there. I knew the pirate was there and that he was, you know, involved. Well, what happened is Andrew Jackson was losing the war on on that end, and unbeknownst to them, the war had already been declared over, and Mm -hmm. he enlisted um, Jean Lafitte to help him with the caveat that Lafitte and all of his men would be be absolved of any of their crimes. And because huh, Lafitte knew the bayous and the swamps, that's how they won. Our caller is back, so let's see what he has to say. Hello, caller. We lost you. Can I get show? Hello, caller. Yes, you have a you have a question for Lark. I uh, yes, I I do. Okay. Um. All right. So there's this homeless guy, and he's asking me for food. But I can't give him the peanut butter because that's for my dog. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Neither do I. Do I give him the jelly? Share it? <laughs> okay. I, I don't know about sharing. Yeah, I think I think sharing might be the answer, and then you could move on with your dog. Okay. Thank so- you, Carl. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. That was right. interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. We get those from time welcome, to time. Welcome to, te- welcome to teaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, there, there, there is, if you ever go back to New Orleans, there is a bar called Jean, Laf- Jean Lafitte Blacksmith Bar. And it was yeah, his black. Yeah, it's his blacksmith shop, and it is supposedly uh-huh. haunted. That's what we, and that's what we wanted to see a lot of that. With with a seventeen year old, of course, we didn't go in. We couldn't go into the bars, 
and see, you know, some of the places that we wanted to see. But, yeah, we sort of got hold of some literature and we're snooping around some of the haunted places. We went for a walk at night and we're looking up at some of the buildings that were supposedly haunted. That that really appeals to me a lot. Well, you got to go back. You you cannot. You've got to go back to New Orleans and just soak it up. We probably will. I we went to some plantations and that was that was interesting and, and historical and fun. Um, we probably will. I, I, my poor husband, the poor driver, when he said he wanted to, to find crawfish, and I said, well, let's drive through the bayous area, and we went through some small towns. They looked like they had, you know, had seen prosperity at one point, but were, you know, slowly dying. But the homes were gorgeous, and the live oaks were beautiful. We finally found cross, the crawfish. He didn't realize we were only an hour from Texas. He's like, we should have just <laughs> driven to Texas. Well, I sort of tried to tell him, but I didn't want him to like realize I'd taken him that far west before we started back to Cleveland. <laughs> He's like, I could have been in Texas. <laughs> so we'll go back. We'll oh, that's go back. too we funny. Our dream is we keep talking. We went to the RV show today. It was so much fun. We um, talk about when we retire that we want to travel maybe and just live, you know, for a while in our camper and, and travel and see places where we don't have to rush because he's got to work. He doesn't get much time off. and You know, I don't get much time off during, this, you know, those times other than the summer. And so that's when we'll be able to do some of those things. But, yeah, we'll probably go back. I was being a protective mama bear with my 17-year-old, too. I have to admit it. <laughs> well, it can get pretty rowdy. I'm glad you didn't go during Mardi Gras because as rowdy as Key West gets with the mm-hmm. Fantasy Fest and some of the other parades they have down there, Mardi Gras mm-hmm. can get pretty, pretty risque. I know when I was a yeah. senior in high school, we and I was in the band we marched in one of the Mardi Gras parades, and they were very, very. Um, our chaperones were very um, protective of us. I of bet. course, that was 50 years ago, and it, it was not as bad as it is now. But it gets pretty wrong. I, I I got that impression. Yeah, I have friends who went during Mardi Gras, and like I, I um, it's I don't think I, I think I might be standing in a, a doorway like sucking my thumb at that point. <laughs> Take me out to the woods. <laughs> yeah, it, it it gets really really crowded because it's it's a big money maker and it's the floats alone are so impressive and and you've got parades going on twenty four seven in different areas of the quarter wow. at different times and then you've got the main parade coming down Bourbon Street and it's just. It's amazing. It just it's well worth it just to go just for the ambiance and just to get Ruby into teardrops and, and Mardi Gras or something. <laughs> what a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to think about going back. There's so many other places I want to see. We we were actually debating between New Orleans and Savannah. Um because That's another good was, city. And that's what I understand. The way this all worked out is my husband had some time off, which is rare. And because our break didn't start till Christmas, we had two weeks after Christmas that we we wanted to run away, basically. And so we did. And we were trying to figure out where to go. And I'm like, let's go camping. And my husband's like, I've been working outside. He's built, he's a um, project manager, supervisor for um, construction. He builds buildings. And they've been building one from the ground up, so he's been slogging in mud for mm-hmm. months. He's like, I don't want to camp outside. Can we just 
can we be normal? Is it going to be normal to stay like in a hotel and do normal stuff? And I'm like, I, I guess, where do you want to go? And so we looked at, we, we took that sort of string, how far can we go from Cleveland and not drive more than two days? And, and it was Savannah or New Orleans. He goes, let's just do New Orleans. That would be fun. He's much more adventuresome than I am as far as cities go. And so that's where we ended up. Um, Savannah really appealed to me, but he was all, he wanted to go to the, abs, the old Absence house. I mean, that was his dream. So we mm. made it there. And that's probably one of the things that got us to New Orleans was the fact that he wanted to go sit in the old Absence house and have Absence. <laughs> there you go, which is yep. apparently good stuff. Now, when you go to Savannah, Savannah is another one of those cities that is steeped in history and mystery yes. and, and ambiance, different cultures. And while it is deep south, it has its own culture about it. So how you, is it different? It it because it's on the coast in in the mm-hmm. state of Georgia. And I'm from Georgia, and in the state right. of Georgia, each demographic has its own lingo, its own southern drawl, its own way of saying things, its own culture. Well, Savannah, because Savannah was a shipping port, it got not only the the, the Southerners, it, it got a lot of other people that were in and out of the port. It's still truly gotcha. Southern. It's just a different type of Southern. Gotcha. So you have a whole lot of... of- you know, different groups intermingling again, like New Orleans, different culture, yes. but the same idea. Gotcha. Yes. It's and, and, they're very, and beautiful. Oh, and you have to go because you've got plantations. Do you remember the the book, the uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Yes. Okay. That picture of the little girl holding the water bowls on either side with the birds, the statue, mm-hmm. remember her? Mm-hmm. She she was in the main cemetery in downtown Savannah. They had to move her after the book came out and after the movie came out because people were going into that cemetery and trying to steal her. You're kidding. No. Jeez. Because she was so famous. Right. And the the drag queen that's in that book is a real drag mm-hmm. queen, and she has her own restaurant in oh, Savannah. Yeah? yeah. That would be interesting. So you have to go now. Oh, yeah, I do you have could, to go. I, see, you could do teardrops in Savannah Adventures or something. I don't know. <laughs> So, so one of the cities that, and it's not really as, as much of a city like that 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 I have enjoyed and have gone back several times because of the history and because of of just that feel is is Salem. I love yes. Salem. I love never down at by the wharf. You've never been to Salem? No, that's oh. on my bucket list. Yeah, you have to. That when you stand in in the cemetery um, where they have the with the dedicated stones and stuff to the people who were. You know, persecuted as witches, um, the feel you can't describe the feeling in in your heart. It's just it's just crazy. And we took a we took a candlelight um, ghost tour, 
at night through Salem. That was spooky. That was and it was mm. fun. But it's a it's a really neat it's a really neat place and, and even cooler outside and this is one of my favorite places that nobody seems to know about. Outside of Salem, um, in New Hampshire, not too far from Salem, is a place called America's Stonehenge. Have you ever heard of it? Uh huh. You've been so it's the coolest. I it's this like spooky, weird place where you're on a mountain and there's these stone cairns that are you know, marking the, the solstices, and there's this underground labyrinth like, that had been underground of stonework, and there's that a tablet, a table with a trough carved around it where it looks like they did human sacrifices. And it's creepy, Whoa. and they don't know where it came from because it it dates back. They think that they think that it could have been, you know, people who were here before had crossed the ocean and come and done this. The Vikings or or Celts, they don't know. But it's got this, and where that table is, you, if you're standing out there, there's a place back in the rocks underground that if you whisper, it magnifies the voice over where the table is, the sacrificial wow. table. Creepy, creepy And guess place. what? <laughs> Mark, guess what? We are what? like two minutes out from being to the end of the oh, show. No. Oh, no. you got to come back. I will. That's okay. You, I will. Okay. Real quick, tell the folks where you yeah. can be found. Um, I'm on Facebook, Lark Griffin. You can find me at www.larkgriffin.com. Um, Facebook's probably the easiest way to get to me. And I also have a, a street team, if you're interested, called Lark's Perch. You can ask to join that group. And that's on, on Facebook. So Lark Griffin, and her, L-A-R-K, And her books are on Amazon. All of her books, books are on, on Amazon. Amazon. Go get mm-hmm. them. And you yep, will come please. back so we can continue this this conversation about all these wonderful places. I will absolutely come back. I have so much fun with you. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. Thank you for joining us. Don't hang up when the show goes dark because, you know, I have to give you all these special instructions after. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and we will pick back up next Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time with J. Traveler Pelton to see what she's been up to with her Oberlin family. Until then, remember this. We are all on a journey, and none of our journeys are perfect. Some of us have very difficult journeys. So when you're out and about, smile at the salesperson. Be kind to people in front of you in line. People that are driving in front of you, don't blow your horn out. Be kind to them because you don't know what's going on in their lives. Also, if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking permission because nobody will give it to you. Teach your children that. You don't. Your children don't have to ask to be great because they already are. Encourage them to do great things, whether it's getting an A on a test, getting a C on a test. It doesn't matter. They're doing great things. Again, we we want to thank Lark Griffin for being with us tonight. Check out her books, Teardrops and Rest Stops, Teardrops and Flip Flops, The Talisman, The Starfish Talisman. The last time I checked, I was still here and watch for more great things from this beautiful, beautiful woman. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you Wednesday night here on Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and we wish you all a very, very good weekend. Stay safe, stay well, and love each other.
we're off the air, but of course, everything I say now will show up in the archive part of the show. So people that listen to the archives will hear all this. But I wanted okay. to tell you that when we get off and the show archives, I'll put the link up on my Facebook page and I'm going to tag you in it. And then you just put it all over everywhere. Put it on your, your net, put it in your group, all over your network, on your website. And then when I put it up on the other and you can have those to share too. Thank you. You Thank are you so very welcome. much. The hour so just fun. flew by. It flew by. It did. I always get keyed up before, and I'm like, what am I going to talk about? It's going to take so long. And then I'm like, it's over. You're so good at <laughs> you're so good at leading us through. You're so good at, at interviewing and getting the, the ball rolling. I appreciate well, it. Well, I have to tell you a quick story. I did an sure. interview yesterday for a magazine that I write for. Um, the the owners of the magazine are the And I Thought Ladies. They're good friends of mine. And they wanted me to interview this, this beautiful woman. Her name's Ruby Singleton Blakeney. She's out of Maryland. So I said, well, I, I, I talked to Ruby, and I, I said, I will call you at, I think, 4 o'clock. I had to call her at 4 o'clock Friday afternoon, and I called her, and we talked for almost two hours. And I said, Ruby, you're not going to believe this. We've been talking for two hours. And she said, well, I was wondering when we were going to do my interview. I said, Ruby, I've been doing your interview for two hours. (laughs) She said, what? I said, I have made notes. I said, and we've just, we've just had a conversation. I'm ready to write your interview. I'm ready to write the article. That's wonderful. She said, I don't believe. She said, and she says, Yvonne, I get interviewed all the time by people. She said, you're the best I've ever had. You're very, very good. So thank you for really? that. No, it, it, thank you. Well, I try to bring out the best in people and put them at ease because when you do that, people are more willing to talk about anything. Exactly. exactly. And they're, they're more willing to, to be relaxed. There's some. So first of all, your voice, your voice relaxes me, because and you laugh and and you you take things in stride and you just roll with it and that just that just makes it so much better. You know, you're not you're not all keyed up and making your guests keyed up. That's very helpful. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, I look at it this way. I've been on enough talk shows. Been on enough television, done enough radio interviews, done enough public speaking, done enough live radio that anything can happen. And it, it you just, you got to roll with it. There's no That's point. Right. Getting upset. You don't get upset about it. You just go with it. And the thing is, it's the same as teaching. You know, you don't, you just have to roll. Uh, you, you know, things, the craziest things will happen and you just, you just go with just it. Just go with it. Are you still looking for for guest for authors to come in on the program? Do you are I you am. pretty well booked or no? Um, I am. Guess. I'm looking for for guests for a few more for February and then on out through the rest of the year. Okay, I, my editor, um, J.C. Wing, she writes um, a romantic comedy series that's hysterical, and it's it's out there. It's about a, a woman, Frankie who um, she's in a bra shop shopping for this certain bra, and she trips and falls into Aphrodite, a fountain of Aphrodite and hits her head. And it turns out that she meets Aphrodite, Mama Goddess, and Mama Goddess is a, not a very nice person. Um, 
and and Frankie discovers that she has an ability to match make people, which makes Mama Goddess very angry because that's the gods do that. That's Ar- that's Archer, Cupid Archer, his job, and Frankie has no business doing that, and she's a mere mortal. And so Mama Goddess decides to punish and her with different things that goddesses do. It's so funny. It sounds um, hysterical. It's a great series. She's got three books out. She just released the last one, um, and she's working on the fourth in the series. So it's, I, don't know, I don't know how comfortable she would be on the radio show, but I just keep thinking that she would be so much fun. And she's an editor, and so she you know, has a, she does a lot in, with the writing and with other authors, and she's got more than that. She's got other books out, but this series in particular, I think it would be fun for you to talk to her. If you're, well, if you're interested, it, I can... Of course, and, and this is what we can do, because um, I can. If you think she would, <laughs> see how I just threw that in there? If, I like that. If, if you think, and I think this would be an excellent idea because you already know her, why don't you say, I want you to go on this show, and I will co-host with Yvonne, and we'll just talk. Oh, my gosh, that could be so much fun. Don't you think? Oh, that could be so much fun. Okay. Yeah. All Let's right, do let me it. talk to her. Let's okay. see what we can do. See what we, yeah, I think that would be fun. All right. And then you, then you can add to your little quiver of eras, co-hosted a radio show. <laughs> funny you should say that with Archer. <laughs> <laughs> see how that just rolled right over there? You you are good. <laughs> you can get people to do what you want, can't you? <laughs> yes, I can. In fact, I have to tell you another quick story. My husband, okay. I told you, was a member of the Florida Senate, the Florida JCI Senate. Uh-huh. And as as we got back involved with the Senate, because my son's involved in it, and he was running for president and all this, and as, as the, mm-hmm. the Senate got to know me, especially the men, they learned they, they don't tell me no. <laughs> That's right. It's that southern you, charm. <laughs> yeah, and neither do my Boy Scouts. <laughs> See, because we have yeah. this way. We have this way about us of of getting them to think it's their idea. Yes, and we also expect it to happen, so therefore it shall. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're a woman after my own heart. So we we still expect this to happen, and in expecting it to happen, so will it be. So will it be? Okay, I will contact her. And we'll, All right, we'll darling, and let me know, and we'll make it happen. All right, it'll Sounds be fun. Like a plan. All right, so All right, we'll be in contact. I, and do me a favor, if you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please tell your family thank you for sharing you with me for an hour. Um, I know that y'all's time is limited, and I so much appreciate their sacrifice. Uh, that's sweet. That's sweet. I will. Thank you. Thank you. And pet your dogs for me. I will, darling, and we'll talk later. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Okay. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.